All right, we're going to start with a little clip. So, y'all take a look. Test number one. Baby formula. No. Water. No. Diet Coke. Mmm, Diet Coke. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that is great. Good girl. So, a couple things about that video. First thing is that baby is obviously thirsty and looking for some kind of refreshment, right? The second thing is that baby is going to be pretty disappointed when she realizes that Diet Coke is not that good and not that satisfying for her, not any of you. (laughs) And that she will not be satisfied. Her thirst will not be quenched with that Diet Coke. And the last thing about that baby is, that is my baby and my husband who was giving that to her, but the lid was on the Diet Coke and she never tasted any of it. And so please don't email me about giving Diet Coke to my daughter. (laughs) But in light of that, I wanna ask you a question. I wanna ask you, do you have anything in common with Kate? You all know exactly what I'm asking you. We all have thirst that we're trying to satisfy. And these great nourishing things are right in front of us. And we're choosing the Diet Coke to satisfy something that is much deeper. Do you have anything in common with her? Today we are going to look at Psalm 63. And Psalm 63 is when David is writing from the wilderness and David is calling out to God, looking to quench his thirst. David is saying that he is in this dry and barren land and he said he is thirsting. He said, I'm thirsting for you, O God. And he is looking to satisfy his thirst. And so today I'm going to walk us through a little bit of the passage. And then I have a friend who's going to join us to share about the wilderness. We're going to talk and discuss a little bit about some truths and lies about the wilderness and um, just some applications of that. And so we'll be walking through that. But I'm guessing that all of us at one time or another have found ourselves in a wilderness. We have found ourselves in a difficult place where the things we desired weren't lining up or the things we expected weren't happening. And it just seems like we're having a very difficult time finding any source of goodness. And so with that, with that in mind, with the idea that you've possibly been in a wilderness before, I want you to think about tonight. Think about right now. I want you to think about where you are today. Like on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being ducks in a row, where are you? Are you thinking to yourself, well, if, um, if that one thing would just go through, I could move from a five to an eight like that. Or maybe you're thinking, well, if, if this problem that is ongoing would just go away, I could focus on other things. Y'all got an idea in your head of where you are? Now, I want you to consider, what are you using to measure that? 
Are you measuring it according to how bad the traffic was on the way? Are you measuring it your day, the condition of your soul, based on how well work went? On how well the kids listened? On whether or not the coffee was hot enough and you had the right amount of creamer? You see, we all have these things in life that we love. We are all thirsty, just like baby Kate. We are all looking to satisfy a thirst, and we all have things that make us come alive in one way or another. Something that we cannot get enough of, something that we base the satisfaction of our soul on, and it's that thing that you're probably using to measure the condition of your soul right now. So when you're measuring the condition of your soul, how is it? How is it with your soul? You see, with David, if there's something that we have learned with David, it's that you can have all of the worldly successes and um, platitudes and yet be emotionally empty. Or... You can have nothing and be in the wilderness and be in a cave running away from people and yet be emotionally full and complete. Now, looking back on David's life as king, he had everything he needed by a worldly standard. He had a kingdom. He had scores of men who would die for him. He had royal subjects. He had all of those things. Yet he committed egregious acts to get Bathsheba, something he saw over there. And then he committed more sin to cover up his sin. And then more sin and and many men died because of his sin. And you see, David, though he had everything, he could not be satisfied. But then here in Psalm 63, we find David and he's running from his son, Absalom. You see, Absalom um, was his third son and through circumstances, we can't, we don't have time to cover today, but I hope you'll go read in 1 Corinthians. I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 18. Um, Absalom declared himself king over David. He declared that he was going to be the king and he started kind of taking the kingdom for himself. And um, just to solidify that he could be king, he ordered men to kill David. And so here is David running for his life again. David is in the wilderness of Judea. He has lost his family He has lost his children, his wives. He's lost his kingdom, the army that was serving him. Everything he had is gone and he is in the wilderness. He has nothing. He has no throne. He has no home. He has nothing, literally and figuratively nothing. But if you read through Psalm 63 tonight, you know that that's not what David is saying. So what changed for David after he lost everything and he was in the wilderness praising and worshiping God? Let's look at Psalm 63, verse one. He says, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. You see, before he had looked to the world to quench his thirst, but now he is seeking one thing and that one thing is God. And what we see in the rest of the chapter is that David, um, that praising God satisfied David's soul more than anything else that had ever satisfied him. And so he has discovered 
in this Psalm, he's saying, Lord, I want your presence. He has lost everything and he's not going back after his throne. He's not going back after his family. He's saying, Lord, I want to see you again. I saw you in the sanctuary and I want to see you again. Look at verse two. It says, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. You see, looked upon you that um, in the Hebrew, this verb is called the perfect verbal form. And that means that it's something that happened in the past, but that he is very confident of happening again in the future. And so David is saying, I have seen you and I will see you again. Because see, something David has learned is that his circumstances have changed. And David has changed. But God, God has not changed. Your circumstances change and you change, but your God, your God does not change. And David, David is satisfied by the Lord. His thirst is quenched by the presence of God. Is the same thing true for you? I can't say that it's always true for me. There are many times when I try to fill my life with things like shopping or napping. And those are okay things, but anytime I use those to put in place of satisfaction, those are temporary things and my satisfaction will then just be temporary. And so we have to put our hope in something eternal so that our hope is eternal. And so what do we do when we find ourselves in a barren land? exhausted in the wilderness and and we want to put our hope in God, but it just seems too difficult. Well, that's a great question. And so this is that point in the lesson where I call upon someone else to answer that question. And so I am going to bring up a dear and close friend one who has walked through the wilderness with me and one that I have walked through the wilderness with her. Tiffany is um, my boss and my friend, but the thing about Tiffany is she is incredibly gifted at walking with women through difficult times. She has a pastoral and a shepherding heart that I have learned and benefited from for several years now. And so we get the opportunity to hear from Tiffany and hear her wisdom. So y'all please welcome Tiffany with us. Thanks for coming. Well, you know, I feel so encouraged that, you know, I get offloaded the hard questions. Yes. There you go. Well, I wrote some things. So so here we are in Psalm 63. And... um, David is saying he's thirsting for God, that he's in this barren land and, and, um, and he wants something more. So we call this the wilderness. We, we use this word a lot of times in the church and saying, oh, I'm in a wilderness. Or, but what does that really mean? Like, what have you experienced and learned from others? What does the wilderness truly mean to us? 
Yes, so um, if you look in the Bible, the wilderness is uh, typically depicted as a place of barrenness. It's a place of desolation, of death. It's not a place of flourishing or life. It's not a place mm-hmm. you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, biblical examples of people in the wilderness include um, the Israelites who wandered for 40 years in the desert awaiting the promised land. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have David who obviously spent a lot of time in the wilderness, both running from Saul and his son um, Absalom. We find Elijah who is running from uh, Queen Jezebel running for his life. He's in the wilderness. And then probably the most poignant example is Mm -hmm. Jesus and his 40 days in the wilderness Mm -hmm. um, preparing him then for ministry. So the wilderness is not a place we want to be. Um, And I think for a lot of us, it is a place of, of stripping bare, if you will. It is a place where we might feel like it is just us and God and that everything else is gone. We have no strength left. We have nothing um, to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Mm -hmm. It is a place where we learn utter dependence upon the Lord because he is the only one that can pull us through. Well, so so I'm encouraged to know that it's not anything I can. Well, I don't have to muster up the strength to get through it. Um, That's kind of relieving to me because that's something that I do naturally is just want to kind of fight through it. But when you find yourself in the wilderness, um, what have you discovered? Is it like a couple of days of hard times? You know, is it, you know, like my, you know, my five-day dry shampoo period and things aren't going? Like what, how long does the wilderness last practically? What's it like to be in that? It's serious when dry shampoo is not working, y'all are laughing. Okay, I'm sorry. But yes. Oh, it is so good to laugh when we talk about the wilderness. Yep. Um, yep. Unfortunately, the wilderness is not usually a place we visit. It's unfortunately usually a place where we find ourselves living or camping out. Mm-hmm. Um, to truly be a season, I think it's probably at minimum a few weeks, maybe mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's hard to identify we're in a, in a wilderness season. It's like, is it a bad shampoo day or am I entering... A wilderness season, we shall see. But looking back, you can see what life was before the wilderness and what life is now. Mm. Um, And if you're Mm -hmm. having trouble discerning where you are, I think um, it's good to just kind of do a self-check. How are my emotions? Mm -hmm. How are my Mm -hmm. relationships? Does God feel near or far? How is my physical health? What are my circumstances? Those can all be indications of what season you're in. Um, for me, the biggest indicator of being in the wilderness is an utter sense of desperation and crying out. It is um, crying out, saying, Lord, rescue me. Deliver me. I cannot do this on my own. Lord, would you come and rescue me? Because you are the only one who can do that. Um, It's kind of that guttural cry of, Lord, I have nothing else. And if you don't save me, there will be nothing left. And I think that's what we see um, with David when he says, not just, oh God, you are my God, I seek you, but earnestly I seek you. My soul Mm -hmm. thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you. And he goes on to say, your steadfast love is better than life. Mm -hmm. The love of the Lord is literally his lifeline that is sustaining him. Um, So for me, the biggest indication of the wilderness is desperation, that quench, Mm -hmm. uh, that thirst that can only be quenched by the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's such an interesting way to define it. Um, I know we have all been there at one time or another. Um, and I can't be the only one who feels this way, that there are 
times when perhaps I have made choices that put me in the wilderness. And, and it possibly, it, it feels hypocritical to call out to God and ask him to rescue me. So what would you say to um, those of us who, who have, whose, whose actions have put us in the wilderness and we don't feel worthy of rescue or that we can ask God for rescue? What would you say to, to us? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, first, I would say that if you are a believer, you stand forgiven before the Lord. Yes, there are consequences of sin, mm -hmm. but there's no longer any condemnation. Mm -hmm. um, the wages of sin is death. Jesus has paid that. And so when God the Father looks at you, he sees you with the same love and affection as he sees his mm -hmm. son. Mm -hmm. He sees his blood covering you. And so you stand white and clean and pure and forgiven. And so whether you find yourself in a wilderness season of your own doing mm. or just... We live in a broken and fallen world where evil and sin abounds. Either way, the invitation is to trust God because he is with you and he is inviting you to let him sustain you and provide for you. Thank you. That's incredibly encouraging. Um, just to know that, that a way has been made for every one of us, no matter what. And so since that way has been made, and I'm going to say that life is never going to really follow the exact plan that we expect it to, um, we're going to come to a point in our lives where we're going through the wilderness. So how do you get through it? What do you do? How do you go through the wilderness? I love that you said through. Um, mm. I think for a lot of us, there's a tendency when something is hard or painful or difficult to want to pack it up and put it on the side or mm -hmm. ignore it or mm -hmm. try to go around it or underneath it or mm -hmm. just not deal with it. Um, but honestly, the only way to get through the wilderness mm -hmm. is exactly that, to walk through it. Mm -hmm. um, there's a book called by Pete Scazzaro called Emotion Emotionally Healthy Leadership. And mm -hmm. he talks about um, the importance of leaning in to that hardship or that pain or that difficulty, that it is by directly confronting that hardship, that oh, leaning mm -hmm. in, that there is the context for growth and for moving forward. And here's, oh. for me, um, the really poignant thing is that often when we are in the wilderness, um, that is when we are the most weak, the mm -hmm. most helpless, um, hopeless. We feel as though we have nothing to offer. We have been mm -hmm. poured out. Mm -hmm. And yet to go through the wilderness actively, to work mm -hmm. at it, mm -hmm. requires great strength and vulnerability and mm -hmm. courage. Mm -hmm. So more is being asked of you at a time when you have a lot less. And mm -hmm. therein is mm -hmm. where Jesus meets you. And mm -hmm. he says... Come, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, mm -hmm. and I will carry you and I will provide for you. And so the wilderness then ends up being a context in which you and the Lord um, get very close because you realize that you are not self-reliant and that you are not in control, mm -hmm. and any illusions of control will eventually <laughs> fail you. Um, and so you Sounds learn... Sounds so great. Yeah. Rainbows and unicorns. Yay. <laughs> So you learn dependence upon the Lord um, and that he sustains you. So I'm going to give y'all a little insight that Tiffany and I personality wise could not be more different, which is what makes us an incredible team. And so 
I'm going to hear that answer from you and say, okay, that sounds great. I want to trust the Lord. I want to get through it and do all the right things I'm supposed to. But one major thing that we talk about, a common characteristic of the wilderness is that we feel like God is silent. We feel like um, it wouldn't be the wilderness if he would just talk to me or if there would be something. So when we're in that season and it feels like God is silent, I mean, I just talked about the fact that God doesn't change, but we can't deny the fact that it feels like he has moved away. It feels like he is silent. So what in the world do we do? How do we trust him in that time? Good luck. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Just to be completely candid, I think um, while there is a lot of truth in phrases like, you know, behind every cloud there is sunshine or God's silence is not his absence, those things are very true. But for someone who's in the wilderness, that smarts and that hurts. And we sometimes want to slap you Um, (laughs) when you say that. And it just hurts the wound because Uh while that is true, it is not our experience. Um, I think for me personally and for a lot of us who have walked through the wilderness, Mm -hmm. the challenge is that we read things like Psalm 63 and we see David praising God and saying, my soul is satisfied Mm -hmm. with you Mm -hmm. and I will look on you all the days of my life. And we think, well, that's great, but I don't have Mm -hmm. that faith or that trust Mm -hmm. or that Mm -hmm. hope. Mm -hmm. And I am so encouraged when I read Mark 9 because it's the story of a father Mm -hmm. who wanted Mm -hmm. his son healed of an unclean demon. And Jesus says, do you believe I have the power to heal him? And the father Mm -hmm. says, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I think first and foremost, being in the wilderness is realizing that we do not summon up the courage or the bravery or the strength or the trust or the faith. We Mm -hmm. say, Lord, grant me the trust, grant me the faith. I'm, I'm crying out to you because Mm -hmm. I have nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, Another another hardship, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. is that we don't always get the answers or the healing mm-hmm. or what it is that we're longing for. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that the redemption and the restoration of all things is coming when Christ returns, mm-hmm. but we don't always get to see it this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. And that really challenges mm-hmm. our faith. God, yeah. you say you are good, but you did not resolve this in the way mm-hmm. that I thought you would. Mm-hmm. Um, to be completely honest, a year ago, if someone had said, would you rather have David or the Lord? I would have said, I would have David. I would rather have my son. And the Lord doesn't always tell us why or give us what he wants, Mm -hmm. but he gives us himself. Mm -hmm. And what the Lord keeps whispering to me over and over again is, Tiffany, you may never know the why, but you have me. I am God with you and God for you. Would you allow me to sustain you and meet you in that place and be your sufficiency? Mm-hmm. There's a quote um, by someone that I really respect, Jonathan Woodleaf, and he says, suffering will either drive you like a nail into the love of God or away from the love of God. You will become bitter or better 
This is the invitation of the Christian life, to be mm. driven into the love of God. And I, have, I just have this image of, of a hammer and a nail, and like I want to be driven into the love of God. And this mm. is the context in which Paul writes in Romans 5. Um, you know, there's a lot of catchy and cliche songs and phrases about, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, sometimes, sometimes it does kill you. Um, Mm-hmm. It's a context for opportunity and growth. And it mm-hmm. is in this that Paul speaks um, in Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. And he says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, mm-hmm. knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Mm-hmm. And... So I find it encouraging that is the context and the invitation for growth. And when Mm -hmm, I think, mm -hmm. but Lord, can I trust you? Are you really good? Mm -hmm. I am reminded of what is said in Isaiah. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows that we Mm -hmm. can trust Jesus because he doesn't just look down at us from afar and say, there, there, I'm sorry you're hurting. Mm -hmm. But he took on flesh and entered into our sin and our pain and our brokenness and carries it. And it is because that he is with us that he is trustworthy. And so the challenge is when I'm in the wilderness, when it seems like God is silent and far away, the challenge is not, I don't want to interpret God's love through my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to interpret my circumstances through God's love. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. a really incredible reminder for us, isn't it? Um, That just solidifies again what has changed and what has not changed. And that is God's love has not changed. His steadfast, um, committed, unconditional, grace-filled love. Um, So you said a year ago, you would have said, Um, that you chose, that you would choose to be with David over the Lord. And I'm not going to ask you where you are now because I've sat with you in those days and I know that it's a constant back and forth of hardship. But what has the Lord shown you um, that has reminded you the goodness of his presence? Um, Are there tangible things that he's revealed to you? I think probably the greatest blessing is knowing um, that I am not alone in the wilderness and that you aren't either. Not just that God is with you, but that you have a whole community of women that love you and are for you. Um, While this has been the most profound season of deep pain in my Mm -hmm. life, I have probably never felt more loved or supported or appreciated the church body more. And Mm -hmm. so I... um, in hundreds of ways daily, get to be reminded of God's goodness. And many of those reminders are through you all. So thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Um, And this is a reminder that it's not just for us to take for our own wilderness, but to us to always keep our eyes up, to always see that there are others around us who might be going through something who we need to reach out and tangibly love. And so we have about five minutes left. So I'm just going to say, you know, we've talked about trusting God. We've talked about walking with him, leaning in, 
Can you give us something concrete? I would love to walk away with just, I'm in the wilderness, what do I do? Can you give us just some steps, um, maybe four bullets? That's just a random thought that just came to mind. Uh, would you the, like a 10-page um, Excel do? spreadsheet with detailed new I would be so happy with a spreadsheet, but bullets will be fine for today. So can you give us something concrete to walk through the wilderness? Yes. Can you give our friends something amazing? The first thing is what I'm going to call recollection, remembering who God is. At the very Mm -hmm. foundation is you will not survive the wilderness if you do it in your own strength. You Mm -hmm. will fail. um, You will be emptied out. And so first and foremost, we have to know who God is and that he is with us, that he has not abandoned you, that he is for you, and that he will provide for you. Um, I am reminded of the Israelites and the example with the manna. Um, Mm -hmm. They didn't get a week's worth of manna or a month's worth or a year's worth. Mm -hmm. They got a daily portion. And if Mm -hmm. they were selfish and gathered more, it rotted. Mm -hmm. Um, They Mm -hmm. were literally not in control and they had to come to God, the source of nourishment, Mm -hmm. the living water to provide for them. And that is encouraging to me because it speaks of God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. and that he gives us exactly what we need when we need it. We usually don't get what we need ahead of time. Mm -hmm. He meets us in Mm -hmm. that moment. And sometimes it's literally breath by breath. You go, Lord, I have nothing. (sighs) Okay, another Mm -hmm. breath. Mm -hmm. Um, So first we remember who God is. Second, we... um, is revelation, that we allow God to surprise us. Um, This is something I was really convicted of over Christmas, is I Mm. want more than anything to be out of the wilderness. And God said, but if I'm still here with you, there are still gifts to be found here. Mm. There can Mm -hmm. still be places of flourishing and thriving in the wilderness. And so the revelation is being open to seeing God surprise you in new ways, to seeing Mm -hmm. joys that you didn't expect. And you hit on this a little bit, Amy. Um, It is real easy to go to bed at the end of every day in the wilderness and just think, well, that was a crapshoot. Thanks, God. Where were you? Mm -hmm. And there are very tangible things that we can do to kind of put our filters up, if you will, Mm -hmm. feelers out Mm -hmm. to see the Lord's goodness. And you can have a gratitude journal, just three things at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, ways Mm -hmm. you saw God show up or um, good things, blessings. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of us aren't journalers. We like to take pictures. So you might capture God's goodness through the lens of your camera. Mm -hmm. You know, had Mm -hmm. a delicious cup of coffee with a friend, Mm -hmm. saw a plant blooming that hasn't bloomed in a year. I mean, Mm -hmm. so you can do photos. You can put scriptures on your mirror where you will see it. Um, You can tell a friend, hey, I'm in the wilderness and my pain and my hardship obstructs my view of God. Mm. So would you help point out God's goodness in my life and remind me of that? So those are just some practical ways to remain open to the idea that God could surprise you with joy and delight in the wilderness. And Tiffany does have an orchid that's blooming again for like first time. So good job. Well, it's not blooming. It's growing like crazy. Okay. So we're real excited about that. (laughs) 
right. Uh, the third one Happy is things. expression. And Amy hit on this, just sharing with others. We know this as believers. We are not meant to go through this life alone. Um, in Romans 12, it talks about where we laugh with one another and we weep with one another. We do this as sisters, arm in arm. And mm-hmm. so if you are currently in the wilderness season, mm-hmm. my exhortation to you, my encouragement, my strong mm-hmm. admonition mm-hmm. is ask for help. Identify two or three close people in your life and don't say, oh, I will be a burden to them or they're too busy Mm -hmm. or they don't care. Mm -hmm. If they cared, they'd Mm -hmm. already be here doing X, Y, and Z for me because the reality is, is they love you, but they may be waiting on your direction to know how best to show up and help you. And when you can be clear Mm -hmm. about what you need in your expectations, Mm -hmm. it avoids confusion. It allows someone else the blessing of serving you and then Mm -hmm. your needs are met. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, if you have someone close to you who is in the wilderness, you can't fix it and you Mm -hmm. can't solve it because you're not Jesus. Mm -hmm. Your greatest gift is showing up. It's the Mm -hmm. gift of presence and bearing witness to their pain and saying, I see you, Mm -hmm. I hear you. I don't have the answers, but you are not alone. Mm -hmm. May I walk with you through Mm -hmm. this. And then it's doing tangible things like sending them um, prayer emails, you know, offering to babysit their kids, drive them to the doctor, text Mm -hmm. them and say, you came to mind. Mm -hmm. Remind them that they are loved by God and by you. Mm And then finally, I'd say the last one is satisfaction. We cling to God. I love in verse eight of Psalm 63, he says, my soul clings to you. So he's holding on to the Lord. But remember how I said, we can't summon up any of this in ourselves. The second part is your right hand upholds me. Mm. And so I have this picture of going, God help. And he's saying, I'm already here and I'm lifting you up. Mm-hmm. And so we cling to the Lord, our only source of hope, the only one who can quench our thirst. Because Mm -hmm. ladies, if our hope and our joy is in that loved one being healed or that spouse Mm -hmm. or this diagnosis being turned around or whatnot, Mm -hmm. we will be disappointed. Mm -hmm. The Lord is the only one who is certain. We can be confident of who he is, Mm -hmm. what he says he will do and who we are in him. And so that's where we wanna place our hope. That is the one that we want to quench our thirst. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Um, Just to wrap up, I wanna say thank you. Um, I know this has not been an easy thing for you to process through and so, Um, Thank you for the time you have taken um, and the wisdom and experience that you have so generously shared with us. Um, This is the first time Tiffany and I have gotten to team teach, as we call it. And um, what an honor to um, sit with someone who is giving us practical ways to lean hard on the Lord in the difficult times. Um, And like I said earlier, these are things that are not just for you to take for your wilderness, but for you to understand that all around you are women who are in the wilderness. Are, Are men, one woman this morning said she can't wait to share some of these tips with her husband who's going through a wilderness. And so please remember that this is something we do together. You are not 
alone. You are at a table for a specific reason and to remind you that you are not alone. And so to close, I just want to pray for um, Tiffany. I want to pray for all of you who might be walking through that wilderness, or if you aren't, that your eyes will be lifted to see others and that you will have those practical and tangible things. Um, So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for my friend Tiffany and just um, her wisdom and experience. Um, It's not that I want to thank you for her experience, Lord, but that she is willing to stand in front of all these women and hand it over to you. God, that she is willing to surrender um, herself for your glory and to make your name known. Lord, for those who are in that dry and barren land, I pray that you will be like a spring in their soul, God, that they will experience renewal and respite, um, that even if our circumstances don't change, that they can find um, satisfaction in you, that they won't have to thirst, God, they won't have to pursue the worldly things, but they can rest in who you are, our righteous refuge. Lord, guide us. Give us wisdom. Be present. And reveal um, your eternal hope to us. We thank you for Jesus who makes this possible. It's in his name we pray. Amen.